Hess. Welcome to Young About Pate. I am Carl Hess. With me, as always, Joel Miller. What is up? Coming in hot, drinking a Dasani yeah. sparkling lime. Because I have to. Mm, not sponsored by Dasani, but we are currently sponsored by Off the Menu Club. Uh, you blew it, other sponsors. Blue Apron, you fucked up. Yeah. This could have been you, Blue Apron. <laughs> Burger King, where are you at? Oh, no. Absolutely not. Yep. We're accepting no fast food sponsorships. Bullshit. If Burger King came out with the, at us with like fucking hundreds of dollars. <laughs> a, brief, would, a briefcase full of money. A briefcase full of ones. Uh, I would be like, yeah, absolutely. Okay. If anyone comes at us with a briefcase full of cash, I will consider their offer. It can be ones. It can be... It can, it <laughs> it's can, like $60 in crumpled it can singles. Be, it can be yen, one dinar, We take pesos, all currencies. You know... Uh, yes, Off the Menu Club, we are partnered with them. It's a great LA food app that allows you to try an item from one LA restaurant every fucking day. Every day. Which is great. There's seven days a week. And that's only $20 a month, which yeah. is a solid fucking deal. Seven, seven things to eat for $20? I mean, come at. I mean, not to seven, it's 28. They're paying, you, they're paying you. You'd be a fool not to do this. Uh, with our code, you can get $10 off the first month. So it's only $10 for the first month. The code is PATE, but it's P-A-T-E. Um, no accent marks. So go on there. Offthemenuco.com is how you request an invite. Because it's an exclusive club. You got to request. Club. It's an exclusive club. Mm -hmm. An exclusive club of LA food cognoscenti, one might say. Of just everyone rubbing elbows. Um, currently only in LA, but hopefully uh, expanding soon. But uh, yes, also follow at Off The Menu um, and uh, OffTheMenuCO.com to get your invite. Get in there. Fucking get in get there. Get with it. Uh, get where we're at. Yeah, it's like, don't you want to be riding around the city eating don't delicious just, things? Like, we, Don't you want our lifestyle? Don't just look at us on the roller coaster and like, oh, I'll ride it later. <laughs> no, get on with us. Go through the loops. <laughs> Hang out. Yeah, get in there. Get hot. Um, it's like, I'm feeling, it doesn't feel like it right now because it's a gloomy ass fucking morning. I love this. This is but great. It's, you do? This is my You're this so is my emo. Shit. You're so emo. I'm not emo. I'm, yes, you are. How is that you're emo? You're wearing a shirt. You're wearing a black shirt that says bad luck right now. Yes, I am. And you're saying you love gloomy mornings. What's more emo than that? No, that's not emo. Emo would what be like if I was about? crying about the weather being like this. No, this no. is fucking metal, bro. This is metal ass <laughs> weather, dude. God okay. is fucking playing All double right. bass There's fucking drums and he's just hanging out. <laughs> Out with fucking like m murdered members of mayhem. All right, he's not hanging out with he's like up there with that, dime bag. Yeah, he's not hanging out with like Gerard from My Chemical Romance. Okay. Fuck that. That's a good point. God is hanging out with dime. Actually, bag. actually, Satan's hanging out with. All them. right, that's true. Yeah, those guys would be in hell, right? In, yeah, in the classic uh, view of heaven and hell. Satan and dime bag. I, I, think, I, I think you need a, a much a finer like you your your spectrum of what is and what isn't when it comes to musical like appropriation is so far off because your your term for emo is ev it's like so broad. Okay, it's just so but fucking emo broad. Can be a lot. It just means emotional. Some would say Sturgill Simpson is emotional. Do you call him emo country? <laughs> I mean, no, he's psychedelic country. No, he's singing about taking acid. No, no, he's singing about his son, how much he loves his son, and how crazy it is about his son. Oh, and, that's pretty emo. Yeah. Well, <laughs> do you think he's emo? So fuck off. Okay, you're metal. This yeah, is this you. is a metal morning. I'll thank say. you. It is it's the gray. It's a black metal morning. It's a black metal morning. Churches are burning. <laughs> Children are screaming. It's a brutal ass LA morning. The stench of flesh is in the air. There's a jackhammer going across my street. Um, but despite Emo, all this, it is here. fucking summer. Finally, officially, summer's in the air. Uh, you know, it's like all I want to do is be outside. All I want to do is be drinking wine in the park. We've shifted into the, that beautiful time of year when I'm just going to put on a straw hat and lay back on the beach and fucking take it easy. Uh, I, yeah, but you always take it easy. You're always taking it easy. So? Yeah. That's, I'm just saying. Some people uh, don't you know what the number some, one killer is. Stress. Some people don't have, some people don't have access to that kind of lifestyle, mm. Carl. Well, I feel Hanging like out on boats, I did, drinking wine, and eating fried chicken in the middle of the sea. I did go sailing this past weekend, um, and I did eat fried chicken on a boat. Let me tell you, if you've never eaten fried chicken on a boat, it is Which the way to I'm going to say 99% of our listeners have never done. Guys, you're fucking up. Uh, it's great. It's like, you know when you're eating fried chicken on land, and you're like, I, don't I wish I this, could be doing this I don't know how boat. this could get better. I don't think it could. You're fucking wrong. Imagine trying to do it when you're being tossed by the waves and it's hard to get a bite and you have to work for that bite. You really got to 
that's you get that sense of satisfaction. That just seems awful, actually. Just take a bite of greasy fried chicken, and you didn't take your Dramamine, and then all of a sudden you just <laughs> yak it all over the. F- it was rough. Out yak there. it all over port. It was uh, it was windy. I will say, fried chicken on a boat is great because you really go to town on it. You got grease on your hands, grease on your face. Then you just jump right in the ocean. You don't need a napkin. It's it's Mother Nature's napkin. It's, is it the Mother sea. Nature's napkin? The sea. You're just putting all more grease back into the ocean, my friend. Um, it was great. Uh, as mu- as much as I can hang out on a boat and drink wine, I'm gonna really push for that. I need like more boat friends. I let's let's set the record straight. We rented a boat. No, I don't have a friend who owns a boat. If I did, I probably wouldn't be doing this podcast. I'd be on the fucking boat right now. Maybe it's just time that you pick up sailing. You take God. classes. Well, that's the thing. My friend did purchase a dinghy. My friend did do that. He took classes. He learned to sail, and he rented a boat. And I was like, I could do that. You could. I, I mean, I feel like that. I feel like anyone could do it. Start wearing just like like an orange windbreaker everywhere. No, like I just came in from the yacht club. Yikes! No, I, did, I was just having G and T's down at the club with yeah, Muffy. Yeah, if you ever started talking like that, I'd be like, I don't know, I don't know this guy. The sailing what, lifestyle. What what happened? I'm wearing to Carl? boat shoes. You know, I'm wearing boat shoes all the Listen, time. Listen, man, I got a pair of Sperry topsiders, man. I, I don't like because I'm not I'm not living a lie. I'm not on a boat. I'm not, a lot. I'm not living a lie either. I just sometimes I like jaunting around with cuff shorts and a polo shirt. I, I and I how, feel like Sperrys are the appropriate. How did boat shoes get so popular? People like that lifestyle, the laid-back nautical lifestyle. Bros, dude. People, bros? bros, it's a bro thing. No, it's a yuppie thing. No, it's, like. a, it's a bro thing. Well, bros, bros appropriated it from yuppies. Well, bro yuppie. Bro, bro appropriation. Bro appropriation. <laughs> bro, those look comfortable. Listen, for, bro. for the record, I'm all about bro shit, dude. I love bros. Like bros are tight. Like they know how to party. They know how to have a good time. All right. <laughs> like no, I ever hang out with a bunch of bros and it just doesn't devolve into drinking and like eating food. Come on, get out of here. That's true. Everyone, every now and again, somebody taps somebody else in the nuts and you laugh hysterically. I mean, it it's is, funny when it's, it's not happening it's to you. It's pretty funny. It's you pretty see it funny. To someone else, you're like, that's pretty funny. One of them like lights their fart on fire and catches on fire, and you're just like, this is a, this is if great. You're four beers in, and you see a lit fart, you're laughing. You're laughing. Oh, you're, you're, you're absolutely. Laughing. This is it's not it's never not a funny thing. You know what goes the other way in terms of shoe appropriation? I've seen. I think because chefs have become, you know, cultural icons, rock stars, if you will, that I've seen clogs become a lot more popular. Clogs used to be like the ultimate ugly shoe. It was like, oh, clogs, that's so stupid. Now, because of chef style, I'm seeing people rocking clogs. Yeah, Like really? out in social situations. Okay, well, if you're doing that, you're stupid. Stop. Please. They're so comfortable. What are you talking about? Dance yeah, no, clothes? The course, world's most comfortable I, listen, shoe? Listen, man, I own a pair of Birkenstock uh, clogs. I wear them at work. They're great. They're very form-fitting, and I love them. But, like, if you're wearing them out, you're, come on, and you're not Danish, knock it off. Just please, just for the love of Christ. Do, do you think the Danes look at the culinary world and they're like, how dare you? <laughs> what have you done? I don't know. I think that they're so sweet and nice. They're like, oh, that's, oh, it's oh. really, I'm really glad. No, it's just that, shoes. it's just that. It just, oh, that's it. You know, it is, they go dance goes are the most Apple comfortable shoes or whatever. The, the, the most comfortable shoes ever. They're great. I love them. I'm not a fan. I, I just don't want, I just don't want to see them out in the world. You don't? Trou- trouncing around. Why not? I don't know, man. You look stupid. I don't like it. Do you wear dance goes at work? I wear Birkies. I wear Birkenstocks. What I about, work. you see, Birkenstocks are like fashionable now. Bir- Birkenstocks are like high fashion. But they're clogs. They're Birkenstock clogs. I know, but and either way, they're bald Birkenstocks. I guess. I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm not going to... The Birkenstock clog was always my favorite of the Birkenstock style. Not the classic open-toed. This clog is the best. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's that's what I have. Yeah, uh, the it's open, great. Open bag. I'm gonna great. wear that to a fucking party. I, yeah, I don't know, man. You're, you're just, say something happens at said party and you have to run away. Oh, you're you, fucked. You can wear boat shoes and I can't wear fucking clogs. Uh, listen, I never said I wear boat shoes. You often. said you have I, them. I have. I've had them. You for have a, them and don't wear them. I've had them for a decade. Don't you wear just them. Say you're often. ahead of the curve. I was ahead. I mean, I I have shoes for occasions. Who do you think I, bros stole it from? Me. Well, I was hanging out with some bros, and they were like, "Bro, those look comfortable." And you were like, bro, "I was hanging you out, know bro. They I are. was handing out brochures." And <laughs> get out of here! Get out of here! I was handing out brochures by the brochure. Get out of here! <laughs> Shut it down. Never. Uh, I do need some summer footwear because you know. Tevas are back in a big way, so I've, oh, been, I've been considering Tevas because I loved them as a kid. It's like flashbacks to Jewish like summer camp. They were my camp shoes, but that's why yeah. I love them because I have great awful. nostalgia attached to them. Just awful. I might get some Tevas. Mm. I might fuck around and get some Tevas for the summer. Uh, I don't know, man. You wear them with socks. No. Power move. Not going to do that. Power move. That's the thing, though. I don't want my toes out, really. 
That's the, I, I, uh, I don't want okay. my toes out too. You wear them out, son, and you get like a weird tan line. You know what I kind of like that I've been seeing more? Like dudes wearing those kind of like uh, leather sandals that are like kind of lattice work, but closed toe. They're kind of like Euro vibe, That's, like Mediterranean vibe. That, that sounds so lame. No, they're awesome. Yeah, full. Dude, if I get white jeans again, you know I'm getting some European sandals. Oh, God. Here we go again. Jesus Christ. It's, I'm clocking into summer, baby. You're just going to start. White jeans season. Your personality is just going to be awful. What? It's going to be the same. I'd just be drinking wine from a Perone in a public no, place. Gonna, I'm just going to be like, oh, God, look at this. Look at this dick. <laughs> like, I can't wear white jeans and be the same Carl you know and love? No, you can't. White no, you can wear white jeans. Just not white jeans with braided... Mm fucking like latticed mm. sandals okay i'll take that up i don't know i feel i feel like just something's gonna change like you're gonna start having like an accent like out of nowhere and everyone's gonna be like what the fuck when i was in rome last spring yeah i don't start want talking about I don't, my trip to italy i don't want to i don't want to hear everything harken back to something in europe you know what i mean <laughs> i don't know if you've ever been but i don't want to hear that as a start of a sentence you become one of those people that hits the accents in foreign words or like I was hanging out in the piazza. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. It's, please, <laughs> I'm that guy. Please don't, don't do that. I know, like, some people that, like, if, like, because, like, in the kitchen and stuff, the, you have to learn some Spanish stuff. So, like, there's guys, like, I, I don't know how to speak, like, fluent Spanish. I can pick up on some things here and there. But if I, if I, if I say something to someone, like, in Spanish, I'm not going to, like, over-enunciate it. Right. So there's some people, like, oh, can you get me the cuchillo? <laughs> can, you know? And I'm just, like, stop That's it. That's me. Um, yeah, I need you here at uh, 11 p.m. on Juanis. Uh, it's like, stop it, stop it. Like, just shut up. Juanes is not a day. I, I was, He's I know, a Spanish it's a rock it, star. Yeah. Viernes. Whatever. Juanes is a Spanish rock star. Miércoles. I don't know. <laughs> Miércoles. See, I don't, I don't want to <laughs> hear that. that I don't want to hear that. I was like, it's just like, use your regular voice, say it as best as you can. I feel but like don't overdo I it. I feel like you're respecting the culture when you do that. No, I feel like you're tearing the culture down. <laughs> I need you here on Juanes Day. I need you. I need you. But here. I have tickets to see Juanes that day. I need you here on Sabado y Domingo. Sabado y Domingo. And it's just like, shut up. Mm. Just shut up. Just say, just say it the way that you would say it to like well, one of your white if friends. If I get white jeans, I'm going to be hitting those accents pretty hard. Uh, I don't know if it. I can hang out with you this summer then. Mm. I might be busy until September. Okay. <laughs> After L- Labor Day. Living that metal lifestyle. All day, every the day. metal lifestyle is hard in the summer when it's bright and shiny and sunny. That's why I'm happy. It's right hard now. to be metal and wear shorts. I can be. Oh, I, what are you talking about? If I'm metal, if I, if I wear shorts, you can see all my rad oh, right. tattoos. That's the way to be metal with shorts. You have to have rad ass thigh tattoos, which yeah. you, I will admit, do have. Thank you very much. <laughs> They're pretty good. They are pretty good. Some very hilarious. I feel like we're going toward a future where you have a full like yakuza style. That's body gonna be suit. my. That's gonna be my next thing. I'm gonna get my because I've left my back like open over the years because I want to get something from my neck to my the like the the bottom of my butt that's cheeks. Y- that's Yakuza appropriation though. That's dangerous. Well, it's not going to be like a dragon <laughs> and, a, and a koi fish fighting for like territory. But could it be? I mean, it could be. It's just going to... No, it's going to be a bald eagle fighting a largemouth bass. <laughs> What's your ideal back piece? Just like a fucking dagger, a huge dagger. <laughs> just like a, hu- a stark black Give me a and white four dagger, foot dagger through like a fucking deer skull. Oh, can you get a Game of Thrones tattoo? No. Something? No, I'm not gonna do that. Not even a direwolf head somewhere in that there. Is, Come on, direwolf head's a tight tag. That is, for lack of a better term, gay. <laughs> what? It's so dumb. First of all, problematic. That's not. We don't. That's why I said for lack of a better term. No, that's awesome. What? Uh, one of the a great show. A great, plus a dire wolf can just the wolf head doesn't have to be Game of Thrones. Wolf head's just a great tattoo in general. Uh, I don't know, man. Because they, because then you see what you said is you you have a Game of Thrones tattoo. If it, I don't know, man. You can't get it. I don't think I could get a Game of Thrones tattoo. I'm not like that invested. Like if someone's like, do you remember this part from the books? And I have a Game of Thrones tattoo, I'd be like, I don't read books. That's true. You're going to attract some book people. And me being one of those book people, I would definitely see you on the beach. You would have a rad dire wolf on your thigh. And I'd be like, oh, look at this metal guy. He must love Game of Thrones. I want to go talk to him about the books. And you're like, I don't know how to read. And then, yeah, that's what I would then say. all those emotions would, come it, up it about how you never prob- learned how to read. It would be problematic. God, okay. Well, then you, then good. I'm just going to get a big back tattoo of your face. That would be so great. Would it be? It would be like Steve-O. Remember when Steve-O got a tattoo of himself? And then like we would roll up to social situations and you would just turn around and like pull your back. I would just pull your shirt up and point to it and be like, 
Get a load of it. All I would ever say is that I lost like the most significant bet of my life. (laughs) And it was either pay Carl like $100,000 or get a, you know, $2,000 back piece of Carl's face. Mm, Big summer plans. Uh, I I do want to talk about um, summer restaurant stuff. And I did want to focus, because of our guest later, on my beloved Echo Park. uh, LA's finest neighborhood, as far as I'm concerned. And a lot popping off for the summer. We got a lot to look forward to. Um, first of all, opening tonight is the long-awaited Low Boy in the old Lost Night space. Lost Night was this weird pub. I don't know if you ever went there. It wasn't very good. I, I never went there. Um, was it British themed? So they tried to do like a British pub, but well, it was then you like, already lost me because tomatoes was and like, beans for breakfast. If you're is gonna do a I British pub, do. I feel like you have to go full out traditional wood paneled, you know, like bangers and mash. But it was like weird inside. It was too big. It felt sterile. It was a lot of like cement, and it just didn't work. Oh, so they I can't wait to have cement. This team uh, from Pine and Crane or uh, Wolf and Crane, the bar in Little Tokyo. They're doing the space in conjunction with some other people, but they've broken it down into three separate things. So Low Boy, which is opening tonight, is going to be on the street level with a nice open patio. Then there was the, was the former Barrigan space, which was a longtime Echo Park Mexican place that had like $1.49 margaritas and shit just got rowdy in there. I used to go there back when I was a younger man. Wow, those must have been made with the most finest oh, and they high were quality ingredients. Barrigan's was always pumping hip hop. It would get rowdy. There'd be some fights in there. But yeah, many, many a fine evening spent in Barrigan's. But there's this upstairs deck space that is going to be a separate bar, um, I believe, uh, I forget what it's going to be called, but that's pretty exciting because I feel like in this immediate neighborhood, there's not a lot of outdoor patios in general or patios up on the roof. I mean, what's more summer than cocktail in hand? You're out on a roof patio. There's not many places you can do that near me. Well, not near downtown. You. I love how you're thinking about you. Yeah, because you course. can do that other places. I only care about my enjoyment. I can tell. Yeah, it's like... It's also, I like to see a lot of cool shit happening in Echo Park because it's like, I can walk to that. Yes, exactly. Because it's you. Uh, we, have, we have another big thing. Bar Bandini, neighborhood fave. Best natural wine bar in LA. Oh, yeah. Um, Going to be opening their deck. Finally. It's been in limbo with the they, city for... They finally cut through all that red fucking It's been tape. crazy. It's been like a year and a half. It's been, I feel like it's been longer. There. I feel like it's been uh, like 40 years. That's going to be opening soon. Um, you know, Monty's Good Burger is going in where Lot 1 is. I've never yeah. had Monty's Good Burger. Everybody loves it. Yeah, but it's like cool. You can't get excited about a vegan burger? No, because I've tried the... I've, Have you had I've, it? I haven't had it there, but I've had I've had the they they use I think Impossible Beef, and I've actually bought some um, to make burgers with, and I'm just it's just like for like myself personally, I understand why people do it, and if you're and if you are a vegan, it's a great substitute, and it's a great thing that 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 they have these things, but I don't see the reason to have it for myself personally, mm. and it does not taste as good. And and I don't Is like Is the one where they're like, it bleeds because we put beet juice well, in I, it? But I think that, that that whole issue, though, is, is like dumb to me because it's like the whole, whole point of being vegan or, or vegetarian or like whatever is because you have some kind of like animal like conscious. Like, why would you want to see something bleed? And first of all, it's not bleeding. There's no blood in it, by the way. And when you have <laughs> You're like, like this meat, isn't metal enough. When you have this yeah. patty's not metal enough. I want to see blood. Blood, damn it! Like I want to see gushing blood. Like when when you have like a burger from anywhere else and you cook it medium rare, that's not fucking blood, you know? It's not bleeding. It's just juices. It's juice. It's meat juice. It's meat juice. Okay, it's just fucking meat. Juice. I feel like they that's... drain the blood before they. Get I feel to like it's gonna meat. do super well. Also, the guy. It's gonna like... do well. The one the one in Koreatown is fucking really busy. Yeah, it's really busy and people really really like meat, it. Meat substitute is the future. Is it? I mean, yeah, because I'm I, like planet wide. Our meat. I'm glad I'll be long dead. Oh, we'll be dead for sure. <laughs> We're all going to long- be dead very soon. <laughs> We're predicting this, by the way. What's more metal than us dying in like Carl 15 years Stradamus. from climate change? That'd be great. I'd be like, yeah, it's your Dude, problem. What's more metal than the climate 
apocalypse coming and like the life on the planet ending like our, our last gasp as like fucking volcanic dust covers our corpses be like so metal yeah dude this everyone will metal. die except for glenn danzig he'll be alive right forever. he'll be you know his house is in uh los Feliz. yeah and it's like it looks like a haunted house every yeah, time we walk by we're like that's danzig's house that's awesome yeah it looks it looks so danzig that's so tight everyone will be dead except for glenn glenn sitting on a pile of corpses Walking to get his cat food. <laughs> Have you seen that picture? <laughs> Eating nothing but impossible meats. <laughs> uh, what else? The guy, Cafe Stella guy is opening a restaurant right at the corner of Echo Park Ave and Sunset. That's going to be huge. Cool. Um, the ostrich farm team took over Bright Spot. It's open again late night. It was so weird before because it was like this classic LA diner, but they like closed at 3 p.m. Now we're in hey, we're Langer's, night Langer's does hours. it. Langer's fucking closed at four. Well, but it wasn't a deli. It was like a classic diner. But yeah. like it used to be open late and then they, you know, but now a new team is there. They're open late again. They got that good pie. You can pull up to the counter and get a shake. Pie is never a thing that draws me into a place. Really? People are like, we have great pie. It's like, mm, how's everything else? I mean, I'm a savory daddy. We know this, but yeah. how often are you getting pie? Not often, but sometimes I want pie. Yeah, like once a year? I like the idea of having a neighborhood diner that I can go to at 1 a.m. And get pie? And get a burger, get a shake, get a snack, you're get fries. Eating a, you're having a shake at 1 a.m.? Depends on how Holy, drunk I am. Holy shit. I, I could be extremely drunk. and I, 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 I can't even remember the last time I got a milkshake. Mm, I can't even remember that. I want them You're often. not even living. Are you no, living? I want them. I crave them sometimes. And then I'm like, yeah. Okay. Uh, that's a pretty moral high ground coming from someone who postmates Burger King. I've never postmated Burger King. I don't know about no, that. No, no, I, have, I haven't. I've postmated uh, Carl's Jr. Okay. once when uh, my buddy Brian was in town because okay. he doesn't have Carl's Jr. where he is. Okay. And that's very nice of you. are a good friend. Thank you very much. Uh, it was $15 to get like one hamburger. Uh, I've postmated Jack in the Box on my way back from an airport so it could sync up with me when I got back from France mm. so we could like we could both arrive because I really wanted just like curly fries. That's actually fries. a pretty good move. Yeah. So you're, I, out, you're in the Uber back from the airport. Actually, that's the last time I had a milkshake. When I came back from my honeymoon, I got a milkshake when I came back the, with my, the with my chicken sandwich home. and my curly fries. Yeah, I got that. But that's, that's it. I've never... You know what? I respect Burger King too much. I want to go there. I want to. I want to. You should get a fucking Burger King tattoo. I can't do that. that? I can't bring myself to get like a fast food tattoo. That's weird. That's like riffraff. Even though technically I have an In and Out tattoo. You do? I have two cross palm trees on my leg. That's not really technically In and Out. Every Every In and Out has cross palm trees. Mm. That is a good tattoo. It's it's not like it's not like the logo or anything, but it's just like a cut. You know? How much would Burger King have to pay you to get a Burger King tattoo? Thousand dollars. Thousand dollars. Thousand dollars. Thousand dollars. That's low. Free Burger King for life. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! I'm, whoa I never whoa, said whoa. I was done. This is a negotiation. <laughs> All right. This is, this is you how slide negotiation a number works. across the table. By the way, it's just to the Burger King. He's by the way, on the other that, side of the table. that is my one of my life goals what? is to be in meet, a meet it, with the it, Burger King. No, 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 not meet. I don't care. You're about in who, the court of the Burger King. I, I don't care about the guy who runs it. You know, by the way, it's no, I need the, way, the guy the in the burger, suit. By the way, I just want to let you know the Burger King is a specific, it's a strictly ceremonial thing. It's like being the queen of England. They oh, don't do anything. You're saying the Burger King there's has no par- real power. There's a parliament. You're saying the Burger King has no real power. The king has no real power. He's just a figurehead. No, but I've always wanted to be sitting at a table and someone slides a piece of paper with an mm. offer to me yeah. I open it and mm. I counter and slide it back yeah. that would be awesome that, I want that that is pretty good I've never been in a slide of your figure across the table situation either I'm hoping we can get to there I would love that in like a power like a like a executive boardroom situation yes and we're like let's talk numbers and, like, and then well. you ha- and then there's the briefcase full of money <laughs> Right. And we're all happy. Like, there's sixty dollars in here. I'll take it. It's a really small briefcase. <laughs> it's all in Sacagawea quarters. Well, the problem with negotiating with the Burger King is his face is plastic. You can't you can't tell what he's thinking. He's, he's got al- no tells. He's always smiling. You're just staring into his eyes like I can't. He's he's too good. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go against him in a game of uh, Texas Hold'em. Oh my God. No, he would win. Uh, what are you What are you excited about for the summer? Uh, what am I excited about for the summer? I am excited to cook at cook at home a little bit more. I have You're had, a busy man these days. I'm a busy man these days. I actually get to spend some time at home a little bit more, and I've been rediscovering how much I appreciate just 
cooking at home for myself. All right, let's, what's your go-to? You and your wife and your dog are hanging out. And, and the cats. And the cats, of course. Well, what's, what's a good go-to home meal? Well, bur- burgers on a cast iron are always going to reign supreme in the household. I mean, it's, it's summer. Can't, do, can't go wrong with a burger on a cast burgers iron. Burgers on a cast iron. But chicken parm. Always fun to make because you got a broiler, so it's you get that night. You can put some mozzarella cheese. I can get bring that it night. back to Echo Park. New items on the menu at Cosa Buona: chicken parm. Straight up. Straight up. Ooh. Not the. I think they took the sandwich off the menu. Which smart was, move. It was a smart move. That sandwich, sandwich was not that good. It was great. It I had like prosciutto Cosa Buona. on it. Yeah, I don't want that. You know what I want? I want chicken parm. I want a knife and a fork, and I want to just eat it. I don't want to have it in a sandwich. It gets well, messy. It. It's all over the place. They have it. Shout out to shout out to Kosa. Well, I'm ex- I am very excited for that because I'm a big fan of Kosa. Um, in the household, I don't know rice. I cook a lot of rice. Anything on top of rice. Mm-hmm. Just how I have multiple kinds of rice at home. I am very happy just having rice. Last night. Made some fucking white basmati rice, a little bit of shallots and garlic and broccoli, and made a Szechuan sauce and put a little bit of like uh, Szechuan peppercorn in it. It was delicious, Ooh. and I was a health daddy. Damn, that is, that is a good healthy meal. You feel good about? I felt great when I went to sleep. I felt great when I woke up this morning. I feel great right now. We look great. Thank you very much. And I think a discussion of delicious rice and. How Echo Park is popping off for the summer is dovetailing perfectly to introduce our guest. Perfect. An effortless segue. Let's get her in here. We're already arguing about seafood. <laughs> uh, okay, our guest today is Courtney Kaplan, uh, owner, operator, sommelier of Subaki. And now, welcome to the family, Ototo. Courtney, welcome, Woo! welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, I mean, this has been a long time coming because forever we've talked about uh, this restaurant's right down the street from me. It's just been a fucking goddamn favorite restaurant for a, a long time. goddamn pleasure. And I feel like it's like a little, it, or it was a little under the radar. Yeah. Maybe sure. just the size of the, the establishment. But it's always packed. It's not like people don't know about it. But it was like, for, for a while I thought about it as like a neighborhood gem. Oh. Maybe. Thanks. But, you know, I'm throwing that classification <laughs> aside. It's like a fucking destination restaurant, as far as I'm concerned. I think it's easily top five. The, I would uh, top yeah. five in the city. I would say. I would say top ten. I guess you're a little more generous than I am. This, <laughs> oh, well, Carl also. Carl also really likes Sonora Town, and I don't understand. It's Joel terrible. and I have some fundamental disagreements oh, wow. about food, but I think we can agree that Subaki. I'm, I'm a fan of salt and flavored. I'm sorry. I just really like when people oh, put salt shit. in their food. <laughs> Subaki is an upper echelon restaurant. I think we can all agree. It is great. It's one of my favorite. I've probably been there at least 10 times. Um, yeah, I've probably been there about a dozen times. And earlier in the show, we were talking about exciting Echo Park news. And I think forefront of that is uh, Ototo recently opening. Yeah. Which is... Woo! <laughs> so so when, when I first heard that you had bought the space next to Subaki, I had assumed, perhaps foolishly, that you were just going to expand the restaurant. Because Subaki is a small space. It's like 35... 33 seats. 33 seats. Yep. So I was like, oh, they're just going to expand. And I was very excited about that. But then I realized you're doing a whole different concept. What was the thought process there? We had thought about expanding at first as well. Um, that lease was offered to us, I think it was literally two days after we had opened Subaki. So, <laughs> wow. Honestly, it used to be a salon. It was a I used to get salon. my hair cut there. It was a hair salon before. It wasn't great. People still sometimes show up looking for haircuts, I'll be honest. <laughs> you like, should just be like, sure, go in the back. <laughs> yeah. Once in a while. We have sharp like, knives. Like, What's up? Where's the, where's the hair? Uh, the, um, the stylist. But um, honestly, I remember nothing from that period. I feel like I kind of blacked out through that whole <laughs> right, opening. It, okay, was, it sure. was a lot. And our landlord was like, hey, the salon's moving out. Do you want it? And we were like, sure, why not? We'll wow. take it. Um, and we had no idea what we wanted to do with it. We had thought at one point maybe we should expand. And then the more we thought about it, or like, you know, part of, for me at least, I think what's, what I like about that space from the beginning was that it was so small and like, it felt almost like not in a space that you'd find in LA. Right. Yeah. It's cozy. It, it's almost New York-esque. It's kind of New York-y or, you know, we're, you know. You're crammed in there. You're yeah. working with the space. Very New York to me. Which some people, you know, love and some people are like, why are your tables so close together? <laughs> but, um, but we really felt like maybe if we expanded it, it would kind of lose some charm. Mm-hmm. And also the kitchen's really small. Right. Like, if you like knocked out that wall. I don't know if that kitchen could serve could, as could another four. Sure. It would have been. So you had to build a new kitchen. We had to build a brand new kitchen. Yeah. Wow. The That's a lot, right? The, yeah. It was, well, yeah. It took us two years. I mean, t- Subaki's been open almost two and a half years, and we had that lease from pretty much the first week. Okay. So. Wow. I didn't yeah. realize that. It was a long road. Um, 
the other problem is the street is sloped. So yeah. to try to ex- connect it, there was all sorts of complications with the city. Right. So we figured like, hey, let's do something else. We had originally thought maybe we should do like a luncheon concept, like a rice bowl, donburi concept. Right. And then just being in that space for, you know, after a year or so thinking like, what, what does the neighborhood want? What do we feel like we would want? Or like, you know, there's not really a great, like a lot of places to drink sake in LA. Right. People seem really excited about it. Yeah. We have problems in the restaurant when things aren't going our way and people have to wait for their table and there were like sending them across the street to button mash right. or we're right, they're right, standing right. outside like you know sometimes drinking beer out of teacups because right. we don't want them drinking beer on the street we're like, <laughs> what if we opened a bar next door where they could wait and we could that's, really like go deep on that's brilliant at the that's same so time. smart and, and yeah that's such an aspect of it that i you know because like i love japanese food but i feel like my experience with sake was always like you know when you're in college you're doing sake bombs and then you get a little older and you're going out <laughs> to like nicer sushi meals but you like just order whatever you see and you're like this is fine but i think for the first time at Tsubaki, I had sake that I was like, oh, like I, this is like a whole world that yeah. I don't. It's like dipping your toe in the ocean. You're like, I know nothing. How much I'm do you feel like you know about sake? I mean, I feel like it's, it's a lifelong journey with yeah. sake, just like it is with wine. Like it's a uh, I've been. My first hospitality job was in sake, randomly, in New York a million years ago. You used to work at Decibel, right? I worked at Decibel. So Decibel is this, like, it's Lower East Side, right? Uh, East Village. East Village, like, uh, it's like an institution, isn't it? It's been around now for over 25 years. I went there for the first time, uh, like, a month ago. It's My friend who used to live in the East Village was like, you gotta (laughs) go to Decibel. I was like, what? You go downstairs, you feel like you're in Tokyo, there's graffiti all over the walls. I fucking had such a fun time there. It is a dangerous, dangerous place. It's dangerous. <laughs> it's a place where you just like, let's get another bottle. Yeah, it's a, it was a blast. I worked there when I was in college. Oh, I had wow. just come back from Japan living there. And I was like, I just want a job where I can like be around Japanese people and speak Japanese. I didn't really care about sake at all. But it's like maybe I can like, if I go work in this Japanese bar, I get to speak Japanese all day. And kind of got sucked into it that way, which was um, an interesting initiation to the world of sake. But right. It was a lot of fun. Um, so I worked there. That was like my first real ever hospitality job and then from there ended up in a Japanese restaurant in New York um, called N Japanese Brasserie that was like a much more serious um, you know they have a whole right. chain graffiti in not on the wall yeah. no this no was graffiti like West Village very expensive there was one <laughs> painting and it was eight by right. ten <laughs> a tasteful oil painting it was very serious um, and they're still there too they've been around at this point 20 years more oh, than wow. 20 uh, no can't be 2004 they opened so 15 years um, wow. But yeah, and then after that, you know, there's not a lot of jobs in sake in LA, so I moved to LA and ended up in wine for a long time. But when we were opening, you worked at Bestia. Worked at Bestia. Worked at Domain LA. Um, spent a lot of time in wine here because there isn't a lot of opportunities for sake. Um, then we were opening the restaurant. Thought it was a good chance to get back into it. Yeah. And there was a huge like relearning curve for me. I had been out of sake for so long. Right. I just kind of drinking it casually. And when I would go out to restaurants, I would drink it or drink bottles. You know, we go to Japan. But it's been it's been really fun to kind of get reintroduced to it and before Subaki. Like, is, was there like a iconic go to like sake bar in LA that that has the depth and like knowledge that is at Tsubaki I mean there's always been good places to drink sake I right like little Tokyo yeah. or you know Japantown the, the, I see a couple problems one is that I think a lot of restaurants they have great lists but it's hard to find people who are on the floor to like right. translate to that to give you those descriptions to walk yeah. you through it kind of like you know when a good psalm comes over your table I feel like the best psalms put you at ease they find out what you like yeah. and, they, and they bring something from the list that's going to suit your taste, but also maybe like show you something that you didn't expect yeah. or, you know, bring you to a place where you, you didn't know you wanted to go. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that's what you're bringing to the table with Tsubaki because there's this really good accessibility and everyone's super knowledgeable. Yeah, I mean, that's what, that, that's what we really wanted to do is make it. I feel like sake can get so precious sometimes and everybody's like, oh, what's the right cup and what's the exact temperature right. I need to drink this at? And like, what's the etiquette around right. it? And it's sort of like, of course, those things matter. But like at this end, it should be fun. It should be fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's delicious. Like it's like it's alcohol. Like you're drinking it with food. <laughs> right. Hopefully it tastes good. And then you're there with friends. Like it should be a fun experience and not scary. That's why I actually love. So like. Izakaya is a place to drink sake and eat food with friends. That's kind of like the whole thing. Yeah, that's the deal. And Tsubaki is kind of like an elevated izakaya, one would say. Yeah, which is a thing in Japan too. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's, right. it definitely exists. So it's interesting because the restaurant before uh, in that space was Kush, yep. which was like, you know, kind of like a casual neighborhood favorite. It had like skewers and it was like fine. But I remember when Kush closed, I was like, Oh, where am I going to get my cheap meat skewers? Oh, my cheap meat skewers are gone. How am I going to live? And then you guys moved in and it was like, it was just like a fucking different universe. 
Yeah, we, it was a hard transition for us when we first opened, and people. A lot of people like Kush. People liked Kush, and I get it. They had been in the neighborhood, and they it was were, cheap. It was cheap. <laughs> I mean, you know, and there's like that's important. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That, that, absolutely. Yeah. Go to meat skewers. You gotta have yeah. a meat skewer place. So we're coming in. They're like, "Why is your wine not six dollars?" Right. And I was like, "Oh, like you're like because it's fucking good. <laughs> like, how do I say it's this? Good, man. How do I explain this? Or like, why does you know?" asking us questions about it but I think now you know we've been around for two years I think people have a better sense of who we are and mm -hmm. you know that we're offering something different and we do still try to like be accessible to the neighborhood if you want to come in and get you know some grilled chicken wings it's you know it's still six yeah. bucks and like you come in at happy hour get that sando you get a couple skewers I mean, happy hour's gone right now oh. it's happy hour it's next door folks don't come in for happy hour <laughs> go to Ototo sando's next door sando's. I loved when you did the dodger dog before oh, I would go there for, before dodger for games for a cocky on there yeah it was great that might come back we're working I was super back. stoked. Well, it's, as much as I love a Dodger dog, I don't feel very good after I eat it. <laughs> it's interesting that you bring that up because we were talking about Echo Park, how it's popping, but there is kind of a history of restaurants being a little too early in Echo yeah. Park, and one actually existed in your space. Cortez yep. was owned by the people who do cookbook. I love cookbook. I fucking love Cortez. Yeah. But like a restaurant like Alumet, Miles Thompson's restaurant yep. in Echo Park, and Red Hill, RIP, my sweet Red Hill. <laughs> It was maybe like a couple years too early. The price point was wrong. Yep. Cortez was a very interesting case because when it opened, it was doing something that no one else was really doing. It was mm -hmm. kind of pan-Mediterranean, like Bass-style tapas a little yeah. bit, but it was a really interesting spin. It was very tastefully done, as you know, if you've ever been to Cookbook. But like, it just didn't, it couldn't get the traction in the neighborhood that it needed and it was just a little too prohibitively yeah. expensive for the time that it opened. I think they were ahead of their time for sure. Ahead of their time. Yeah, for sure. So how did you decide to like combat that, you know? We thought about it a lot. It was right. something we really thought about and we had looked at a bunch of other spaces. We were originally gonna open downtown. Oh God, we dodged the bullet. That would have been a nightmare. <laughs> we gonna, what was the space downtown? I don't even want to talk about okay. it. Okay, <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. ancient history, folks. It was, looking at it now, I'm like, oh, thank God we didn't do that. And um, we looked right. at a space in Chinatown that, that eventually turned into like office space because they couldn't, it was right. like, not Chinatown's yeah. popping, cheaper uh, rents. And we looked at the space and this, we had basically given up on opening a restaurant. We're like, you know what? This is not gonna work. We it's had, not easy. Two leases fall through. It had been like a three or four year process at that point. We were both just like so depressed about it. And like, why are we wasting like all this energy? This is you and your partner who yeah, is the chef, exactly. Charles yes. Namba. Shout out to Charles. Yes. He's um, just had his hip replaced. So okay. he is at home. Whoa. He doesn't have time for podcasts. He's at home recovering focusing from on the restaurants. Um, but yeah. So you were about to throw in the towel. We were, we were like, oh, she moved to Japan. She moved back to New York. Wow. He was like, should we go to the, like, you know, go to San Francisco? We're go fucking wherever. out of here. Like I was so done with LA at this point. <laughs> wow. Honestly, I was like, this city does not want us to open a restaurant here. Um, and then Charles was doing some consulting for the guy at Silver Lake Ramen who also owned Kush. And he was right. like, by the way, I had this Isekai in Echo Park. I don't want it. Like, are you interested? And we were like, oh my God, like, is this like a gift, a gift from heaven for us? Um, Did he close that because it wasn't being profitable? Now we're getting the inside info if here. If you want the inside scoop, he closed it, I think, because Silver Lake Ramen does was so well. well. Yeah. And, he and saw, now they have like a downtown place and an Echo yeah. Park wing. They have like the to-go thing have yeah. to go. Yeah. He's franchising it now. He was like, why oh, am yeah? I wasting my time on this little tiny Sell, that sell, sell. Business model sure. in this little spot, but sure. you know, when we saw the space and we saw the neighborhood, we're like, we have to be careful here, you know. And right. we're not even like in the main part of Echo Park. Like, it's, not, yeah, it's, so, a, it's a really hard that yeah. that area is really hard. I'm kind of on the eastern border where we're recording right now at the Manor, and uh, you're a little bit west, yeah. but it's still it's basically right where you enter Dodger Stadium. Yeah, but it's still kind of away from the main strip. Yeah. There's very little foot traffic because button mesh you know, is yep. kind of newer as well. Yeah. So Button Mash was kind of at the furthest eastern extreme yeah, they were when it opened, anchored. like the park restaurant and Button Mash. And beyond that, it was like, no one really walked nope. past there to go to a restaurant. No, there's yeah. eightfold. I mean, guisados, but guisados. not as much at night. Yeah. yeah. We looked at it and we're like, All right, this, you know, there's some challenges here. The Dodgers are a huge challenge. Yeah. Yep. I mean, love them, but at the same sure, time, traffic they bring a and, lot of traffic yeah. to the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, we really thought like, okay, we got to, you know, we want to do the food we want to do and serve the sake we want to serve, but we want to be a neighborhood restaurant. Like that's, right. that's really, that's like a part of the joy of being in restaurants is like, you see the same people every couple yeah. of weeks and like, you know, people come Cultivate back and a see relationship us. And just, yeah, yeah. Like it's, and we feel like we're in a, we love this neighborhood actually. Like the people are really great. It's the best neighborhood in LA, folks. I, I agree wholeheartedly. My, we have, my servers are like, I've never worked in a restaurant where the people are so nice. The I love that. So nice. Everyone, every other restaurant, everyone was terrible. Well, I know, you know what? It's a mixed bag sometimes. I think <laughs> that that really speaks to like the culture and ambiance of a restaurant 
that like if the patrons are there and they're cool, that means you're doing something right. You're attracting the right type of people. Because yeah. there's restaurants that are good, but they're probably full of assholes. <laughs> Beverly Hills, I'm looking at you. You know. And I've heard people who work in restaurants, maybe you guys can speak to this, that like restaurants on the west side, you're getting a higher asshole ratio. Uh, I don't know if that's if that holds water, but maybe no comment. But yeah, I think it speaks to what you've built that there's cool people coming back again. Obviously, any place you can get an asshole. But like, I yeah. think it, it's really like, you know, indicative of the culture and, and what you've built that there's cool people coming back again. I hope so. I mean, I hope we do spend a lot of time on, on working on culture and trying to, you know, we hire nice people. Like, we want to work with people we like. No dicks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we had... When we Staunch opened, no dick no policy. <laughs> the science on our, our yeah. new hire all your, all your employees are great. I mean, Never had a bad I think experience. I've only met the same one over and over and over and over and over again. I mean, we, no. when we opened, we she had was like very sweet, ten very people on staff. We had nobody, yeah. you know. It was really hard to even find people to work with us in the beginning. But like, yeah, we had our staff was tiny from the beginning. So yeah. our people were like, hey, listen, no drama. Like we are right. we drama free, yeah. four twenty friendly, no drama. Yeah, exactly. It's like a, it's like a cool Craigslist ad. <laughs> yeah, everyone's so passionate and like knowledgeable. Obviously, you do a great job training, right? Um, <laughs> And I think that's important because there is that aspect of sake and maybe Japanese cuisine in general for a lot of people, they don't know about it. There's a lot of Japanese words. There's a lot of sake types that, you, I mean, I don't know. So it's like to have someone there be like, oh, this is this. This is like this. This is like this. That's, I feel like that's more important in a place like that. Yeah, I think part of what we talk about is like, let's when we're talking to the guests, like we don't need to necessarily define every single word. Like if they want to know the answer, what is ginjo? What is, you know, genshu? Tell me about rice polishing. And we get people who want that. I want it. I want it all day. But sometimes people are like, they're on a date. They just want something delicious. They don't don't care about it. They didn't want to talk about the nuance of anything. They don't care about dai ginjo. I mean, I care, but not everybody right. does. So right. like, let's like put something delicious in front of them. Say like, here, here's three different things. Taste them. What do you like? Great. That's what we're, you know, like yeah. let's go from there and like just take all the fuss out of it. Like just make it easy and fun for people. And if they want to go deeper, we get people who come in who are sake geeks and they want to talk all day about it and show us pictures of their trip to Japan and do all that. That's great. And we love to meet them on that level. But She loves it. And when that. you bring in pictures, you I hear do. that folks? Bring in your I vacation PowerPoint <laughs> presentation. She's not busy. She wants to see your entire thing it's all about connecting with <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah it's been you know none of my staff knew anything about sake before they started like oh, they yeah. all started at zero we've been luck- at Ototo it's been a little different because I have more wine people working there who okay. have like strong wine backgrounds sure. and they're coming in shout out to Steph yeah Steph Sloan another neighborhood mm-hmm. another neighborhood regular um, but it's uh, you know when you come in with wine you still have to do some training on sake but it, there's a little more vocabulary there but right. with Tsubaki we really started from, from zero but in some ways I think that was a um, advantage that they had because they could look at the guests and be like, hey, six months ago, I was where you are. Like, I, right. can, I can they speak at learned, your level. Yeah, <laughs> they took that learning journey as well so they can, yeah. you know, help the guests do the same thing. Uh, I like how um, in Ototo behind the bar you have these wooden panels with the Japanese characters for each sake, but then like a quick, short, and simple description. And I think that really helps because there's so much to learn in sake. There's so many types. But when you look up and you're like, oh, bright and floral. Oh, earthy this. You know, I think it helps as an access point, just to st- a starting place. Yeah. That's the hardest thing sometimes is getting that starting point. And I'll say to people like, hey, what do you like to drink? And they're like, oh, I don't know anything about sake. Right. I'm like, well, it doesn't have to be sake. Like, yeah, what kind right. of wine do you yeah. drink? What kind of spirits? You like Monster Energy, bro? What are you yeah, into? Exactly. Like, what are you into, bro? <laughs> break it down. Um, and if you have these things up there, they're like, oh, I like strawberry flavored yeah, things. Exactly. Or I like right. healthy stuff. Or I like, you know, IPA you or whatever to make it, it more is. accessible to everyone. To take the pretense away from, yep. from whatever it is that's going on makes it easier for everybody to kind of get around it and huddle around it. And it gives you like a common language too, yeah. I think. Sometimes I feel like the guest thinks like is afraid to to start the conversation because they don't know where to start. Where it's yeah. like, we're going to give you the words to and start. People are with. intimidated by lots of things, especially stuff that they don't know anything. Yeah. They, especially things from the far east. <laughs> As someone who is getting into wine more and more every day, uh, what's like the overlap? Like if I come in and I'm like, I like you know something that's acidic, something that has a, you know an angular acidity, something with a little funk to it, maybe some sediment in there. Yeah. Is there like a you know one to one where you can be like, oh, that's like this, or is it more just like a general sense? It's more general. Sake and wine are are so different. I mean, sake often gets 
uh, categorized as rice wine, but right. it is totally not. It's actually closer to beer. Because it's brewed. It's brewed like beer. Mm-hmm. It is multiple parallel fermentation. It's the only beverage in the world where that happens. So, Can this, you explain what that is? In simple terms, basically, you're taking rice, you're converting the starch in the rice to sugar right. with something called koji, which koji. is a fungus. Right. And at the same time, you're also converting that sugar that the koji just turned starch into sugar. At the same time, yeast is acting on that sugar and turning the sugar into alcohol in mm-hmm. the tank at the same time. That's so a parallel. Two, two fermentations happening, happening simultaneously. You thought you were cool with your one fermentation yeah, exactly. wine? <laughs> Try out a little double fermentation Seriously. this summer. Let's get serious. I see I didn't even I didn't even realize that. And you do hear people call it rice wine and really, you know, compare it to wine. I think where you can compare it to wine is that in and not to disparage beer, I love beer as well, but I Shout think, out to beer. <laughs> sake uh, the, the, the broad range of flavors you can get. And you can get the same in beer as well, but I think people compare it to wine because of like the sort of the depth of it mm-hmm. um, and sort of maybe sometimes some of like the cultural significance. I right. think maybe is, you can draw a parallel to Right, because there's like, you know, a, a world of different flavors, different varieties, and that immediately brings wine to mind. Although beer is just, I, I'm not a beer expert, but beer is just as complex, I think, too. So I oh, wanna, yeah, definitely. Know. And I am, I'll, I'll say a problem that I have when I go to Subaki and now Ototo is Tell you, me have, problem. you have great fucking wine. You have <laughs> so, like, as me who love drinking wine, I'm like, I'll just get some wine. I, mean, I, just get some wine. I always end up getting I don't know wine. about sake. Maybe I'll I just get some fucking wine. I mean, I love when people are drinking the wine. I want to have the wine there for certain people, but like my whole goal is to get wine people into sake. I mean, yeah. it's we working gotta, on it's me. It's going to happen. It's, <laughs> it's a slow burn. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the menu at Ototo because Ototo is definitely more of a bar. Yes. It's got a nice bar seating area. You can pop in for a drink. It's a much more casual vibe than Subaki. Um, when you're thinking about the food that was going to go on that menu, you probably wanted something casual, approachable, but it also seems kind of like I don't know, there's like a comfort food aspect because you have that odan, which is kind of like this very hearty bowl and you have the okonomiyaki, which is the really like sizable seafood pancake. <laughs> it's like, it seems like it's comfort food yeah, more than just a snack. It's yeah. It's like drinking food. Yeah. Which, you know, and something to absorb all absorb that food. All the food yeah. yeah. I mean, hopefully you're, you're in it for, for real. Um, and yeah, I mean, we thought about foods that we like to eat when we go to Japan. We thought about like you know, what do you like to eat when you're drinking? And also, yeah, things that'll make you feel good right. that are kind of homey. Bring me a pancake full <laughs> exactly. of different sea life. Yeah. <laughs> I am very drunk. And I think like it's, uh, you know, food that feels casual, that feels like more homey, that, you know, we wanted to, we really wanted to make it feel different from Tsubaki. And right. Tsubaki, and like, I think you succeeded. Oh, that's good. I mean, hear. I didn't, I was taken by surprise by the burger. I got the whole backstory. Can can you? So there's a burger. Gaga for that burger, man. There's a burger on the menu. It's a chili burger. Yes. But tell the backstory of this guy. So it's we call it our Otomos Burger, Moss Burger in English. Um, Moss Burger is a chain of Japanese. It's a Japanese burger franchise. Um, It is the second largest fast food franchise in Japan after McDonald's. It's crazy. Um, But the guy who founded it actually was inspired by time he spent living in LA and going to Tommy's. So a guy, a Japanese chef was in LA. He wasn't even a chef. He was just Just a guy. I don't know what he was doing in LA, but he was in LA. He just loved that Tommy's chili. He loved that Tommy's chili burger. Like couldn't get enough. He went back to Japan. He's like, no chili is thick enough on this island. (laughs) No chili is thick enough to satisfy me. I will start my own establishment. And then he did. And it's uh, it's huge in Japan. And their whole thing is, you know, he has this like secret. They call it meat sauce. They don't call it chili. I love yes, that. I like I love that. that. Way sauce. Give me that sauce. <laughs> and it's huge in Japan. Well, let yeah. me ask you this. Tommy's here, obviously beloved LA institution. The chili is way too thick. It's like <laughs> eating cement. Uh, your version of the Moss Burger, it's like a very delicate meat sauce. Yes. So what is it like in Japan? I would say it falls Thicker? somewhere in between. No, it's pretty light. Okay. Um, it's like really, what the best thing about it is it's really neat to eat it. Like you think okay. about a chili burger. That's here. very Japanese, it feels like. <laughs> like he, he's just like, what if Tommy's wasn't messy and was good? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And that was, we were like, how do we make a burger that's like light and is clean when you right. eat it? You know, like, so you don't feel gross. You don't need yeah. a thousand napkins. Yes. Tommy's is like, you're yeah. done. You're people that's passing it. out. In yeah. The yeah. <laughs> just like, I'm total. going to sleep now. And people say that to me. They're like, I don't know how to explain it, but this burger feels it's light. It's light. It's a light. Yeah. Is it a cheeseburger or just a hamburger? No, just a hamburger. So it's a light chili hamburger. It's like half air. That's all. That's, that's like you should get the MacArthur Genius Grant. How do you make a light 
chili hamburger. It seems impossible, but somehow you did it. It's got the shredded iceberg, I think. Does oh, that, that really helps. Yeah. The shredders. I mean, that. Have that you had this burger? I haven't. I have. I have not been to Ototo yet. I know. I, mean, I gotta say, I'm, I'm very I, upset. I have the it's advantage with of, myself. I can walk there in four minutes. So <laughs> Let's I go feel, there tonight. Well, I will. I will go there. I will fucking go there anytime. Uh, one thing I, I want to talk about is that Odem Bowl. Yeah. Because I had not heard of this. Apparently, it's a somewhat traditional Japanese. So it's like, I just love the combo. So it, you, you get this big bowl. It has a soft egg, two pork ribs, octopus, and daikon. And that's it. I want and that. And some broth. Beef tendon. Oh, and the tendon. I want that even more. <laughs> Literally my perfect meal. And the, the beef tendon's like sliced very thin. And, it, and I don't think I've ever eaten. T- Usually you see tendon like dehydrated. And puffed into art. Or like yeah. in, or in, in a pho. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, this is like this very well composed bowl. I'm like, I got two ribs, I got my egg. It's like a power bowl. It's like the perfect meal for me. It's a slightly untraditional version, I would say. Okay. Typically, oden, oden in Japan is huge. You'll see it like if you go to 7 Eleven in Japan, you go up to the counter and they have these big steaming hot So they just full scoop in a couple different things. And you say, things. like, hey, I'll have the daikon, I'll have the egg, I'll have the fish cake, oh, whatever. I love that. I'll have the. So usually there's a lot more fish cake in it. There's like tofu products. Oh, wow. But we really felt like we didn't want to start buying fish cake to put in there. And we also weren't sure if we would have the time to make our own. So we're like, how can we serve this, give this oden experience, but still make it feel like it's us? Okay. Um, so yeah, we did the ribs. And the, the tendon is pretty traditional. The octopus, just it's supposed to be this really homey, like one pot hot pot sort of it's thing. It's gonna be like my. It seems like a weird meal for the summer, like yeah, a big thing like, full of that's meat the meal and broth. And I'm like, <laughs> it's 18 bucks. You pop into the bar. It's so satisfying. And you, you get a couple glasses of sake. Yeah, you're, you're on with you're on yeah. with your night. You're out at Echo Park. You're living. It's super cozy. Hot mustard on the side. Oh, oh hot mustard, mustard, hot into mustard. It. so good. Yeah, it is more of a wintertime dish, but yeah. I feel like you eh, know, it's fine right now. It's fine. It it's not even the summer right June now. June bloom right now. Yeah. You know, we can get some Odin. It is. It's Odin weather right now <laughs> for sure. Uh, wow. Well, I mean, and then and then you have the hits. You got the fried chicken. Fried chicken. Um, which is, but you know, we've we've had a few different iterations of it, but we've always had some kind of karage on the menu since we opened. It's great fried chicken. Delicious. What's the most popular dish at Ototo? The okonomiyaki, 100%. Okay, so it's the, like two to one. For those that don't know, that's a, a seafood pancake. It's, it's basically batter, cabbage, and a bunch of seafood? Is that... So it's all different. It can be anything. So okonomi, konomi just means like your personal preference, like what, what you like. And then yaki means like to grill or to, to saute. So it just means like cooked as you like it, basically. Cooked as you like it. So you it. go to Japan. It's like having it your that. way. It That's is. what it should say at Ototo. Ototo, cooked oh, no. as you like it. You should have like a, a fun little <laughs> neon like, underneath it. That's opening the door to maybe yeah, something. Yeah, we, we, we don't know about that. The more assholes are going to show up that We got to keep the asshole ratio low. <laughs> Um, but so basically in Japan, oftentimes you go to okonomiyaki restaurant, they, you get the base and the batter. It's like egg and, and flour and mountain yam. There's like yes, super yeah, good mountain cabbage, yam. Yeah. Yeah. And there's cabbage too. Okay. It's both. And then you kind of pick your fillings, right? I love it. Japan, Japan's like, I gotta go to Japan. You've never been? I've never been. Oh. Hot take, Carl, Japan rules. Yeah. Have you been? No. Oh, you gotta go. <laughs> I take Japan. It's good. <laughs> Japan, good. I take Tokyo. Take? Good I think, place to I eat. I think this country has figured something out. Well, yesterday was Bourdain Day. Shout out, RIP oh. to the God. And uh, I always remember this Bourdain quote where he was saying, like, if I could only eat in one city for the rest of my life, and I think a lot of chefs would agree, it would be Tokyo. Yeah. So obviously, Tokyo has been high on my list for a while. I feel like, you know, when you go to Japan, you have to go for at least a couple of weeks. Otherwise, you're like... Yeah, it's because with the jet lag and Yeah, the it's like, I want to go at least two weeks. Yeah. What, what was your... How did you initially come to Japan or become interested in Japanese culture or food or... It was super random. Um, I was in college in New York and... Uh, this guy who I was friendly with had spent he had been to Japan in high school as like a study of best uh, exchange student okay and he used to read Japanese magazines to like practice his Japanese right and he used to buy all these really cool fashion magazines and I just love the clothes in them I was right. like what is very this, like, stylish people <laughs> super stylish they did like all the street snaps I was like I love what that. is going on here like I need to go there and you know I grew up on Long Island I'd had no, very little influence right. on you know very little totally new to you Japanese culture and I was like what is this place and then I just wanted to get out of New York for a little bit and I wanted to go study abroad somewhere and I'm like let's go to Tokyo and see what happens and just got totally sucked How into old it. You? I was 19. Wow. That's yeah. the move. Formidable years. It was amazing. How I long went, did it take you to learn Japanese? I had, been, I had taken a semester before I went and then when I was there I ended up getting a job in a restaurant where I was totally unqualified. It was a Hawaiian themed barbecue restaurant. Perfect. 
The <laughs> owner only wanted me to work there because he was like this Japanese surfer and he was like... Because you were a gaijin. Exactly. He was like, it'll make I know the terms, up. folks. <laughs> <laughs> gaijin means foreigner. It does. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's like, yeah, it'll make you look, look authentic if we right. think it's like white person working She's from there. Hawaii. I'm like, I am like the you're like, Hawaiian You're like, hang person. loose, bro. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was in this environment. Nobody spoke English. I, we spoke Japanese So you just day. have to learn. That's the best way to learn. mocked mercilessly by my coworkers <laughs> constantly for all the mistakes good. that I made. That's so brutal. It's like, it's one thing when you can like kind of understand what your coworkers are saying but it's like if they're just you're like I have no idea they're making fun of me they're, they're laughing I have no I, idea I know I know it everything I would say they'd be like it was it was. they had never met like a white person right. who spoke Japanese before either so I think it was kind of a <laughs> right. novelty it was to them. funny to them too um, but it was a blast and I lived there for a year and then when I um, went back to New York that's when I started working at Decibel because I'm like I kind of built these language skills yeah, sure. didn't care about sake but I'm like I don't want to lose this and if you don't use it you know you're going to lose it right. so yeah. I was like I got to get a it's job true. with Japanese use it or lose it and yeah. then yeah and then got kind of sucked into sake from there and then you know try to go back to Japan as much as I can now have a restaurant and don't get to go what was like ever. the biggest <laughs> as someone coming from long island not you know didn't really know what to expect what was like the biggest surprise or the, the thing you liked the most or just what like jumped out at you when you like were living in japan about their culture and everything their way of life i mean this might sound like a cliche but i loved the eating and drinking culture there yes. like yes. you know you really when you go out in japan like and you know this is well, i can only speak from my own experience but when but you, a lot you of go people out said there this. like you go to an izakaya and it's like you're kind of there for the night and like you're like you're not just going to a bar and drinking and then right. going to like going to a restaurant like it's all this like all-encompassing thing yes. and like you're sort of like have a drink have a few little snacks and like hang out and then like have a few more snacks and then maybe go to the next place and maybe go to karaoke yes. and then maybe go out drinking again and, and it's like, like the meal and i feel like there is an overlap in korean culture with that where it's like the night is eating you know it's yeah. like it, like i feel like a lot of times here it's like you go to dinner you have your meal you pay then you go to a bar yes. or you go to a club yeah. it's like I like it when it's like the the meal lasts all yeah. night and you're going over here and you're yeah. going over there. I really, it's that drinking, snacking culture, yeah. which, you know, Koreans also have that it's like, this is better than what we yeah. have. <laughs> that's the event. Like your meal, that's yeah. like, yeah. You know? Eating is it's the main It's a night event. of eating. Yeah. And it's like uh, every social day. and, you know. Yes, the social aspect. Yeah, I just thought it was yeah, like, it was so different so from anything I ever experienced yeah. before and that was super fun. Mm. I mean, it's a, it's a, Japan is, um, it's a lot of fun to go visit and I always tell people like, if you've never been before, Fuck, I gotta go. you should go, but at <gasps> the same time, you're never going to want to go anywhere else. Like, oh it's so hard God. to go on vacation anywhere else. God like, damn it. Take that, Switzerland. No one's going to you. That's the problem with traveling anywhere. You go somewhere cool and then you're just like, you want to go back there, but then you want to go everywhere else and you're like, God damn it, I gotta go home. Wanderlust, baby. Fuck. Well, maybe we'll do a young about, young about that day live in Tokyo. <laughs> we got to up our Japanese listenership. Yeah, you got to get into that Japanese market, you know? Oh, my God. They, they really do. It seems like it's a culture that really cares so much about food and not just eating it and drinking booze, but like how it's prepared and its provenance and the quality of it. And it's like, I respect that. Yeah. I respect that about a culture. Like, it seems like, like they have one of the best food cultures in the world. I'm super biased, obviously. Sure. But yeah. Um, and even just things like the plate that you put things on and like making sure the color of the plate is the right color to go with whatever food yeah. you're serving and right. like just the, the details. Gotta like, look so, good. There's so much thought that goes into like yeah. every little thing. Yeah. Which is the aesthetics. Lovely. And when I'm drinking and housing fried chicken, it's all about the aesthetics exactly. to me. It is. That's what I love. I'm like, That's look what at you're this plate. About. It's like, oh, look at this plate. I don't even need to eat the food. <laughs> well, I will say uh, you did a fantastic job in Ototo and Tsubaki. Um, Ototo is newer to me, but you know, the way it looks, the way it feels, kind of feels like New York, kind of maybe feels like Japan, although I've never been there. I love that private little back room with yeah. the little curtain. I mean, the way you guys did the bar, you know, having been in there uh, a lot when it was the salon, because I used to get my hair cut there, you know, you've completely transformed the space, and that's uh, not easy to do. We had some great designers. I should give them a shout out. Weekends, they're called. Okay. They did Botanica. I feel like I've heard of them. They're amazing. They Botanica's did a bunch of nice. restaurants. They did like Mary Celeste in Paris. They did a Ooh. bunch of stuff. They did our branding. Not exactly interiors. lightweight. Yes. <laughs> no, They've been around. International design scene. Husband and wife. They're amazing. Um, that is awesome. What's one thing that you would wish the American drinking public? Uh, would know and understand about sake if you could just get that information out That it's there. not rice wine? That's one of them. <laughs> that you do, I have a few. Can I give a couple? Yes. yes. Um, that 
Daiginjo does, is not the best, and we don't have to okay. get into what Daiginjo is. But That's I a category like, of sake. Category of sake, and I feel like a lot of people who know a little bit about sake. They're like, I want the Daiginjo, I, I heard of that. I only drink Jumai Daiginjo, mm. and it's not. That's reductive. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the other one is, I would say that it doesn't all taste the same. Like, I think a lot of people come in, they're kind of like, oh, like, yeah. I've had sake before, I don't really like it. It's like, well, like, hmm. what, what sake have you had? <laughs> you know what that comes from? I feel like, at least in my experience, like, in my 20s, when I started going to more sushi, I started appreciating going to better sushi places more. There would still always just be like that square box of like hot, <laughs> hot sake that was like fine, but not yeah. good. So it was like, oh, sake tastes like hot booze from right. a wooden right. box. That's, you just get that taste and you're just like, oh, that's the taste. <laughs> Even when you had the cold ones there, it was always like, I feel like that all that stuff tastes the same. Yeah. So maybe you know, to the Western palate who are exposed to it through those sushi places. It's like, oh yeah, it's sake. It just kind of tastes like yeah. that. It's either hot or cold, whatever. Right. Like it's like it's vodka. Like it all, you know. Yeah. Like, this, is, this is what sake tastes like. You, you drink it hot, you drink it cold, but it's all, you know. Well, you know, I gotta say, I thought that same thing until I went to Tsubake and really, you know, had a couple different options and saw the breadth of it and was like, wow. I could really get into sake. Yeah. It has more booze than wine? A little bit more. Okay. Like wine, you know, you're what, 12, 13%. 12, 13, 14. Sake kind of starts around 14, 14 and a half. We have some that are up to 20% for undiluted Ooh. sake. So you can get boozy if you want, but. Are those fortified? They're not. Oh, wow. Um, there are sake that have alcohol added to them, but it's not to up the alcohol content because they then dilute it back. Right. It's, it's to stop fermentation. No, it's actually ah. to. It sounds kind of counterintuitive, but it helps to lighten it a little bit. So they're adding, you take sake, which is brewed from rice and water and koji, and then you can add a little distilled alcohol to it, and it actually makes it feel a little bit lighter. Interesting. But then they'll take that There's and so then they much. add water. There's so yeah. much to learn. Yeah. I'm just going to start throwing out parallel fermentation. Yeah. Anytime someone brings this up, they'll be like, <laughs> like well, well, actually, it's interesting. <laughs> you know, it's a parallel fermentation. They'll be like, what does that mean? I'll be like, don't worry about it. It's, uh, it's two uh, processes happening. Uh, it's not wine. It's not wine, goddammit. They're like, this guy's hammered. Get him out of here. Um, well, you know, thank you so much for joining us. Thank yeah, you. We're, thank co you. we're coming to the end here. Um, you know, let's let's plug the spots. Uh, Ototo LA on Instagram. Yep, Ototo LA. And Tsubaki LA on Instagram. Tsubaki LA on Instagram. Tsubaki, um, make a reservation. Highly recommend making yes. a reservation. Can you make or reservations you have to wait at Ototo? An hour. <laughs> oh, I know. You uh, might be outside on the sidewalk sipping out of a teacup. You might, you might, you might get stuck with a teacup. Um, Ototo, we only take reservations for a little private dining room that seats six to ten. So give us a call if you want to reserve I'm gonna have that. My, I'm going to have my birthday. Yeah, it's for perfect. I'm going to be like, Odin all around. <laughs> you can't be cool like Eric Bring and rent me. out all of Subaki. Oh, yeah. Shout out to a friend of the show, Eric Andre and yeah, Top 10 Guests. He rented out all of Subaki in a real power move. In a real power move. And I <laughs> ate so much katsu. Well, I'll say this. Uh, the night of Eric's party, you were doing a really cool thing where you had three sakes. And, and this really actually helped me because you were like, this one's like this, light and something. This one's like earthy and this. And then this one is heavier blah 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 and like just trying all those three it was like so edifying because it was like oh i can yeah. kind of know what style i want to like i like the light crisp minerality yep you know and and like the the umami deeper earthier ones are good but like you know especially in the summer months i'm like give me that crisp yeah shit. that's <laughs> but you poured us some some special ones that i was like you know it, it's like the first time i had a really good glass of natural wine and it was kind of like a revelation oh nice and then you're That's like awesome. oh i get it now. i'm gonna fucking get into this shit um so i look forward to drinking uh at ototo a lot this summer i look forward to going to ototo we're gonna go together it's gonna be great are we uh, uh we will Aww. i will say though it's already popping because they're both small spaces so it's like That's i mean a good awesome. problem to have good problem to have but awesome I, well deserved. Yeah, the thing I like about Ototo is it seems like a place, and I've actually I've already done this once, where even when it's busy, you could kind of slide into the yeah. bar if you're by yourself. Yep. Um, our, our bar spots, everything's just first come, first serve, but beyond the back room. First come, first serve. We run a wait list. We take, people do want to sit at the bar, so we right. run the wait list for bar and table seats. Um, but we do our best to get you in as soon as possible. And if you're willing to be flexible. What if I have a glass of sake outside? You is can that have a glass of sake. We're going to hang out, stand inside, have a glass of sake while you wait. We're Sounds super flexible. Good. Let's Hell do yeah. it. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, well, a really exciting part of, uh, you know, Echo Park's continual evolution. You guys are doing great stuff for the neighborhood. Also, Just solidifying Carl never moving out of Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I love it so much. It's like when Guisados opened a block from my house in 2013. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm the smartest man <laughs> in the world. I've been here for years, folks. It's finally paying off. Uh, I did want to say, though, like, before you guys, there wasn't 
really a place to eat Japanese food in Echo Park. And like, obviously we're close to Little Tokyo, but like in general, you know, Silver Lake, Los Feliz, Echo Park, there's not a lot of great high-end Japanese options. No, I think a lot, and it's funny, we were opening, everyone's like, oh, why don't you want to open in Little Tokyo? Why don't you want to open on Sotel? And I was like, there's already a lot of Japanese food there. Like, they don't need us there. <laughs> yeah. Like, Echo Park, Silver Lake, it seems like there's probably, like, yeah. no pun intended, but an appetite for it. Yeah, like, there really definitely. is. Like, there's an izakaya in Silver Lake. It's okay. Which is the izakaya? Oh. Is oh, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, wait. <laughs> it's fine. It's good to have an izakaya around. Yeah, yeah. Is what I'll say. But obviously, they're not doing what you guys are doing. Totally different. Um, but yeah, guys doing the Lord's work, D- doing Lord's work, <laughs> doing the Lord's work. Uh, we're not here to shit talk any easy. No, no, no shit talking. Uh, they're all doing the Lord's yes, work. Yes, we're all part of the well, same community. Yes, um, it it really is. Just you guys are fulfilling a great role, and you're turning people on to a whole new thing. You know, it's not just neighborhood go-to spot. It's like uh, you can learn some shit. Yeah, that's the best part for me. Learn like, by drinking. Learn by drinking, which is the best kind of learning. Yes. And when I looked around, like look around the room, like oh, it's like all these people like drinking sake, having fun, not overthinking it, and yes. just like, hey, I'll have another one. Like, right. and like that's Give really, me that meat sauce burger. It's really, <laughs> really exciting for me to see that. Like, right. I think so it's, awesome. it's like, I don't know, it's really fun. Well, congratulations, congratulations. on your success. Shout out to Charles. I'm wishing him a speedy hip recovery. He'll be back soon, I hope. Um, yeah. So yeah, follow Toto LA, follow Subaki LA, go eat there, they're fantastic. Uh, and you guys do like sake classes and some special events and, and types of stuff? Yeah, we do dinners with brewers when the brewers are in okay. town. Now that we have the new spot, we're going to start doing probably like a monthly Ooh. something. I'm not kind of I'm going to be sure up in yet, there. But... I only drink Daiginjo, <laughs> so I hope this is a Daiginjo tasting. Fastest way to get, get yourself banned. He's an asshole. Carl got asshole. 86 from Ototo, but he's welcome in Subaki. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just go next door. Um... Well, thanks for joining us. It's Thank been you. a goddamn pleasure. And I'm going to see you so much this time. You're going to be fucking sick of me. Um, I'll be like, she did the podcast. <laughs> you guys should listen. I'll just be in there at the bar yes. promoting the podcast. Sell it. Um, as always, you can follow me on Instagram at Carl Hess. You can follow Joel at Joel David Miller. Yep. You can follow the pod at Yap Pod. That's Y-A-P-P-O-D. Um, you can also email us at any time, yap42069 at gmail.com. That's yap42069. Give us an email. Let us know what the hell's going on in your life. Um, but don't be like that one guy who sent us a SoundCloud link to his terrible music. Jill, I have to show you this. It's very bad. I don't ever want Satan, that in his my name life. is Satan. Satan, if you're out there, that was Wait, terrible. Wait, his name is Satan? Maybe yeah. I do want to listen. <laughs> also, we have the Hot Take Hotline, 323-375-4084. Call Leave a hot take. We'll tell you if it's garbage or not because sometimes people don't know. Like if someone was like, oh, I only drink Daiginjo. That's a garbage take. Yeah. Now you know. Um, also, we continue our collaboration with Off The Menu. Um, go to offthemenuco.com. You can use the code Pate for $10 off your first month. It's a great app. We're about to go do some Off The Menu shit right now. I'm so ready. I'm um, going to eat some free food, which is probably my favorite activity in the world. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, well, Courtney, it's been a goddamn pleasure. Thanks thank so much. Thanks Congratulations so much. on everything, thank guys. You. Thank we you for listening. Um, we'll be back next week. Uh, go leave a fucking rating review on iTunes. Rob Schneider has passed us, Joel. The Schneider buffer has completely crumbled. I think I need to leave this podcast and start a new one. Uh, don't you go to Rob. Uh, don't you cross You're going to hear line. it to me with Rob and Joel. Schneider's podcast has passed us. Go on iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review. It's fucking critical. For us to regain the Schneider buffer. Um, thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back next week. Fucking go eat some food.